Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Post-Victory Formation Podcast. Week 16 in the books. Mike, it was a big NFL weekend over the holidays. We saw a couple pretty big upsets. We saw a couple teams clinch their division. But I think the big story uh, actually dropped today. And that is the fact that the Denver Broncos are benching Russell Wilson for the rest of the year in favor of Jared Stidham. Mike, there's a a lot of questions going around. We know the Sean Payton-Russell Wilson relationship has been a little bit rocky. Uh, it seemed like when they were on that winning streak that things had taken a turn between the two. And now here we are, two weeks left in the regular season, and things seem to be falling apart again. So what what do you think the deal is here, Mike? Well, they talked about the the contract shit that was like thirty six or thirty seven million dollars if he gets injured this year, and then if I want to make sure I'm right on this, Kyle, and if I fuck it up, call me out. But if he gets injured this year, he's guaranteed that money, and also if he gets if he plays next year, he's guaranteed that money. But they the Broncos can trade him to where they don't have to pick up that guarantee on the contract. Yeah. So here, here's the brief overview. So in 2024, he's guaranteed $39 million. On top of what he's getting. Yeah. So, so he's guaranteed 39 mil in 2024, regardless of whether he plays for the Broncos or not. But if he, uh, he would have an additional $37 million that would become guaranteed if he cannot pass the physical in early March. So if he were to get injured in these last two games, that could potentially increase the risk of having the Broncos having to pay that $37 million. So that being said... Uh, well, could he get traded to not... Have to could, but that another team. See that this is the problem. Is there's got to be another team out there that's willing to take on that money, unless he wants to renegotiate a deal, which I, I don't know that he. I don't know that he would want to do that. So, if uh, if they release him after June first, they would owe him eighty five mil in dead money. So it'd be 35.4 in 2024 and 49.6 in 2025. So, and if they trade him before June 1st, it would be 68 million in dead money next year alone. So, like, my. I mean, it's a double edged sword, though. I mean, that kind of screws the Denver Broncos for building anything because they have so much money wrapped into him and just how his contract's worded. Yeah, they're stuck. They're well, you might as well just keep playing with them and paying the extra 20 mil and keep on grinding because exactly. See what you do here is they they're in the midst of a rebuild and they've got a lot of good pieces. I'd say they're over halfway done with their rebuild, but there's some opportunities for them to shore, especially on the offensive side, shoring up that O line, getting some running back help, um, just bolster everything around Russell Wilson, 
and then set yourself up for, you know, see if Russ can revitalize his career, kind of like Jared Goff did in Detroit. And if not, you've got a team at the ready. You're going to have a young quarterback. It's rare. We've seen young quarterbacks succeed right off the bat, a.k.a. C.J. Stroud. But you get a, you get a guy in there with a good core around him. You might have one year struggle, but you're going to turn around, and that second year, this good chance he's going to take off. My other issue right now is with Russell Wilson, you know, having that good midseason stretch. The Broncos are projected to be uh, have the 13th pick this year in the in the NFL draft, which we have boots on the ground for. Um, that's not going to get one of the top quarterbacks in this draft. So there's another bro- there's another problem for the Broncos there. I just I don't see a feasible way that the Broncos get rid of Russell Wilson without just launching themselves in the outer space. And I not to cut you off, I just see like how um Matthew Stafford did his whole deal when they when they were talking about him about contract negotiations on if he would, you know, redo his contract and he pretty much told them to fuck off. And I don't know if Russell Wilson would do something like that because he's seen how he's been playing the last couple of years or not. But at the end of the day, I think he's got 26 touchdowns and uh, eight interceptions, which isn't terrible by no means. That's better than most quarterbacks out there, but it's just, I don't know if he would do something like Matt Stafford because Matt Stafford knows that at the end of this contract, I think he's out. Yeah. I think it would depend on, the situation that Russ could be going to like if he was going to say oh let's say for it's not going to happen but just for all intents and purposes let's say he goes to uh Carolina like hey Russ Carolina's willing to take on this deal Russ is probably going to be like uh thanks but no thanks I'm not going there now if he were to go to another contender say Chargers or something I should say something like the Steelers maybe Okay, yeah. Something yeah, we... on that round where they're a, a perennial contender. I could see him being more willing to take on a, you know, renegotiate his deal, make it more team friendly. But, man, Mike, I just, I got to see it to believe it before, uh, you know, I get on the train that Russell, that Russell Wilson has played his last game as a Denver Bronco. I don't see it. Well, Team 3 is not looking too hot for you there, Kyle. I mean, I'm indifferent at this point, but I oh, think... I bet you are bandwagon. I think Denver is making a mistake if if this is the route they want to go. And now, is Russell Wilson the quarterback that he used to be? No, he's nowhere close. Is he still a very functional... Is he a functional starter in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. Would Would you consider him a functional starter, Mike? Oh, yeah, I'd put him above. I'm still going to throw him around at least top 25, 20. Yeah, I'd, throw, I'd say, yeah, right around that 20th spot. I think that's a fair assessment. But, uh, no, Denver's getting real bold here. And, I, again, Mike, do you see it happening? Do you think it's going to happen, Mike? Or you think this? you think come uh, start of the to- 2024 season, he's going to be a Denver Bronco still? They need to keep him. 
literally like what we talked about about the financials and plus nothing on denver but they're kind of fucking stupid in general anyways because what they gave up for sean payton and and they're willing to do you know a bunch of these things and they got the old walmart money back in them anyways so i mean if it's 60 leaving him and 80 keeping him you might as well keep him it's not like he's been doing too bad this year and even you just keep him because look what like Drew Locke did coming in to back him. He didn't do terrible by no means, and at least he's there to develop, help game manage, and whatever while he's starting or and in, in teaching these other people whatever how to do better. Because I didn't mind what Jarrett Stidham did last year at the Raiders, and maybe he can do something. I know there's literally, I think it is a one percent chance that the Broncos make it to the playoffs. I'm I'm almost certain it is just a dead one percent, but. I, they got to keep him. He did do good for him. He got him back above 500 for a time. They just need to keep him. Agreed. But that's like the who's hot and who's not talk. I want to roll into who's really hot right now. And Kyle, that's the Lions. The Lions are doing extremely good. I know you had to talk about it. I hate them, but they're doing good. I needed them to beat the Vikings. Wanted to touch on the Lions a little bit. Kyle, we talked a little bit about how um, all the NFC teams kind of have their flaw because the NFC right now, uh, for that, you know, who's going down the stretch for that first seed is a pretty stout line. And that's your Cowboys. Your, well, I mean, the Cowboys are right there, but Cowboys, 49ers, Lions, and Eagles. And more or less, it's just the, Lions, Eagles, 49ers with their records. Cowboys need some real good stuff to happen and end up getting that first seed. But, Kyle, there's three teams that I said there, the Niners, the Eagles, the Lions. I want to hit on what the flaws are and what aren't their flaws because if I'm looking at it, every team could make it, but it's like the 49ers can't do anything if Brock Purdy's not the normal – miss only four passes all game, not throw an interception, Brock Purdy. The Eagles can't get anything going if someone stays on A.J. Brown and lightly covers Devonta Smith, it seems like. And then the Lions with the old wobble passes, and if their defense doesn't stay clicking because they've had an issue with Aaron Glenn a lot, it seems like in order for one of these three teams to beat one of these three teams – that entire team needs to be clicking 100% on all cylinders and no fails. Like, there cannot be a false point at any point in time. Yeah, it's it's been a little alarming here for all of the contenders because we've seen in the past couple of weeks all of them just have a complete, you know, duck of a game. We had – we'll start off with the 49ers. I still think the 49ers are the team to beat in the NFC. I think that was an abnormally bad game that – Brock Purdy had with the four interception performance they they gave the Ravens a short field on multiple occasions which which really lopsided the score I think the 49ers are still going to be the toughest out on the NFC side uh but we've seen a couple of these games now where Brock Purdy just you know two three four interception performances and when you do that again, and he's he's done that against 
pretty stout opponents. He did that. He had uh, the Browns, the Ravens. They lost to. You're gonna have to help me out here with their other losses, Mike. They had that three-game losing streak in the middle of the season. Yeah, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. But, but it, so with that, Purdy against some stout defenses has had some issues, and when you make it to the playoffs, most of the time that defense is going to be upper half of the league, and Purdy's got to show that you know he's not going to get rattled and throw up those ill-advised passes. Now he had some that were tipped also, so I'm not I'm not putting this all on Brock Purdy, but in my mind he's he is the biggest question mark for the team. Oh, I mean everybody else is hitting really good. I mean they had that part of that rough streak. I'm still trying to get this up, but part of that rough streak it was um I got you. Debo Samuels was also out. Yep, that did not help. That did not help matters. No, and that team meshes so well together. It's it's hard when a piece is missing. Yeah. Like Debo because it just wasn't panning out. Or I think George Kittle was out a little bit a couple times. Yeah. Did you get those games, Kyle? Yeah, I did. Yep. The other losses, the Vikings also have a very stout defensive front. And then they lost to the Bengals, which is a middle of the road defensive front. So yeah. Going into the playoffs, he's gonna be facing he's going to be facing some, you know, mid tier and higher defenses, and he's they're not gonna have the luxury of giving teams short fields. You give a short t- you give a team a short field in the playoffs, you're going to lose. So uh, next team, Eagles. Jalen Hurts has also been a little careless with the ball recently, turning it over. Fumbles. Yeah, a lot of fumbles. And the other problem that not too many people talk about is their second halves. Like, they've stalled out, and they have not been a good second-half team. If you go back... Let's go back to their last uh, their last game against the Giants. Mike, they started off by halftime. They put up twenty. The second half, it wasn't until it wasn't in the third quarter. They did nothing. They were able to knock in a couple field goals in the fourth quarter, and they had a DeAndre Swift touchdown. But and that's against the Giants. That is not a good football team. You go the week before they played the Seahawks they were up again they were up uh 17-10 but they only scored one touchdown in they scored a touchdown in the second half there was 10-3 at half they scored a touchdown in the third quarter and that was it and they allowed the Seahawks to come back and win so the second half of games they've just completely stalled out and oh, by the way, Drew Locke, I don't know why the hell who's who's the backup for Gino? Drew Locke. That's what I meant to say. I know the Jared said we were talking about the Broncos, but yeah, Drew Locke was great that game. I, I wouldn't say great, but the last two minutes he was great. Yeah, that's all you needed. Oh yeah. And it's just if you're Philadelphia, you gotta play you gotta play a consistent game throughout and you can't take halves of football off. And they've they've done that here. Uh, as of late, when they went on that little bit of a, a skid. Uh, lastly, we'll, uh, well, yeah, lastly, we'll talk about the Lions, and I still have all the same issues before. Their defense is porous at best. They have very limited pass rushing ability. 
Now, they do get James Houston back and C.J. Gardner-Johnson back here for their playoff push, but I don't know if that's going to be – I don't know if that's going to be enough. I'm still – I'm still – I'm still nervous about it, and they've had they they've shown to be an offensive team, and they're going to have to put up a lot of points in games for me to feel comfortable about their chances of going anywhere in the playoffs. If they get into a, a rock fight, I'm not not confident that the Lions have what it takes to win those type of games. No, and same thing. They haven't been pressuring the quarterback a lot. I know they did a game or two ago. Where yeah, they were, against the Broncos, they they found they discovered the blitz. But yeah, that's only, what it was. You can't. They played that game where it's it felt like they blitzed one hundred percent of the time, which it you, was careless. You cannot, you, know, you cannot make a living in the NFL blitzing that often. No, especially like if they go that out real like, fast. Yeah, if you go against a game like uh, or go against like the Eagles. Or even the Cowboys coming up, um, 49ers, any of those teams like that that have so many options. Like, you know, 49ers have Debo in the backfield and how they run him different from or Christian McCaffrey. And then the Cowboys, just so many dump-off options that they have. I mean, blitzing may kill them. And Aiden Hutchinson has been doing good in the past, but he has no help. He gets pressure, but the only thing he ever gets is seems like it's just big plays. Yeah, hurries. Once in yeah, a blue he, moon. he gets a lot of he gets a lot of QB hurries, QB pressures, but he's not he's not getting the sacks. And that's really what the Lions are going to need, especially coming into uh, they're rolling into Dallas uh, for their next game, and that's a big home field, and you know that sucker's going to be packed, and yeah, there's not a lot of Lions down in Texas game. like that. But they're definitely going to have to do it. And, you know, these next couple games, too, I think is going to speak on a lot on Aaron Glenn if he's going to stay there next year or not. Yeah, he's got to be feeling a little bit of pressure. Uh, yeah, I'd still go back to free agency and why they didn't pick somebody up at the at the trade deadline. But I've hit that enough. But if I – right now, my top four in the NFC, I'd say San Fran, Dallas, Detroit, Philly. You're yeah, still putting Dallas above them, huh? Even after like the Dolphins show out and everything. Yep this this weekend, this game, Detroit and Dallas is going to tell us a lot. So there's, and I want to touch one team on the AFC. I don't want to get too carried away, I, just because I mean the AFC is pretty much controlled by Baltimore and the Dolphins. But um, Kyle is. Taylor Swift, the kryptonite to the Kansas City Chiefs, or what's going on? Because old Brick Hands ain't doing the job. Kadarius Tooney, Pat Mahomes is making some bonehead plays. Travis Kelsey, honestly, has been targeted a decent amount, and I've been seeing him drop some passes or simple coverages getting to him. Uh, it's Isaiah Pacheco. If he's not running 100 yards a game and getting two tuds, they're having a tough time. Falling through the, the medical table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chiefs are broken. They are not going to – they're not doing anything in the playoffs. The fact that they are just – they have no offense. Mahomes is great, but he has zero help. Uh, Kelsey, defense is just no, hey, there's – you know – we're gonna double. T we're gonna put a linebacker on Kelsey, and we're gonna put one other member of the secondary, whether it's corner or a safety. Like Kelsey's getting double double covered. 
and they're just yeah, saying, hey, put a, and they're just like, hey, guy. yeah, and they're just so. like, hey, uh, wide receivers, let's see if you can beat us, and they can't. Yeah, you put one fast guy in Marquez Valdez-Scantling, not even a good one, just, yeah. hey, who's the fastest corner? You're 4-4, four, four. Oh, okay, yeah, go. Yeah, cover MVS, have like, a nice day. Yeah, don't even – I don't even need to put your hands up. Just you stay close to him because I know he's fast. And then other than that, you double cover. You put your best corner on Rashi Rice, and that's it. Yeah, they're dead. They, they can't do anything. I could probably come up with a defensive scheme to cover Kansas City because yes. they were held down to so many points for like – they had like a stretch of like the least amount of points scored or something this year. It was like 17 points or 18 points or something within like five or six games or some BS. And I don't have the exact stats up in front of me, but they they have not put been putting up that many points this year when we're used to them, you know, killing teams. Right. Yeah, this is not the Kansas City of old. They will make no noise in the playoffs. I expect an immediate exit because the moment they play anybody with a pulse, they'll lose. Kyle, so that's going to bring us up in this quick segment, the one that everybody loves. Do you believe in the Miami Dolphins from their hardships that they've had to being able to beat Dallas? They weren't able to beat good teams at the beginning. Now they've kind of found their way. Do you believe Miami can make a push? I, I do. I think they can make the AFC championship, but I – I think Baltimore is going to be the team out of the AFC. Like just dead deadline. That's it. Yeah. It's yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. It's the field versus Baltimore. I'll take Baltimore. Okay. Last one. We touched on him a little bit. Kyle, do you believe in Brock Purdy in the playoffs? Well, Mike, I do because he did it last year. And he is now a more experienced NFL quarterback. So I think Shanahan is going to continue to draw up plays and run an offense that's going to set Brock up for success. Uh, I do believe in Brock Purdy. I still, I still think they are the favorite to, to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. So there it is. And then, we're going to end that. I just, I've been looking at it. I've been writing it down and I wanted to talk to you about it. I'm kind of glad you said the Ravens. Well, after watching their game, and I mean, we, we talked for a second about it. I don't see many holes in the Ravens team. And you've watched more than enough games this year. Have you seen what works best and what doesn't? Like, what would your route of success be with the Ravens because watching them Lamar Jackson still scrambling at just the right times the only thing I would say about the offense is there's still some kind of newish work with Zay Flowers because I watched a couple passes the last game he was running into other people's routes but other than that you know Lamar's throwing the ball fine my only flaw still is the backfield for the Ravens and just a little bit of Lamar getting more comfortable with throwing the ball. Those are the only two holes I've been able to find because their defense has been stout. And it's going to be hard to beat them. Yeah, I mean, when you built the team like they did, like O-line, D-line, 
both units, you could make a case that they're they're the best in the league. Like they could hire a security guard from your local grocery store to come in at running back, and he's going to put up 87 yards and a tud. It's just, you know, they built this thing right in the trenches, and that's and like you said, that's allowed Lamar. If things break down, he knows when to scramble. My only concern, they've got a solid wide receiver core. I'm not worried about Zay Flowers like you are. My only concern, Mike, and I've said it before, is forcing Lamar to throw the ball in the middle of the field is still it's still shaky. And we've seen Lamar flame out in the playoffs before. So we haven't seen Lamar play this level of ball before. So this could shake those playoff demons. But I, yeah, it's really hard to look at the Ravens and say, man, you know, they've got a glaring weakness. I guess one subtle weakness is their their kicker, Justin Tucker. He is uh, he is over when it comes to field goals over fifty yards this year. So that, really, yeah, that could be that could be a bit of an issue moving forward if they have to uh, if they have drive stall out around the forty. I didn't know that. You just taught me something. Whenever you say Justin Tucker, you think he's going to just beeline. Yeah, you think he's money. 68, yeah, 68 yarders all day in his sleep. So now well, he's, ha- he's having a bit of a down year. Kyle, let's roll into some picks here. All right. Going into week 17. Let's start off, Mike. Saturday night, the Big D. Lions roll into Dallas. Lions are a, last I looked, they were a, it opened, they were a five and a half point dog. It is up to six. Mike, do you think this is a bounce back game for Dallas? They've lost their last two. Detroit coming in fat and sassy off of their first NFC North title since the NFC North was created. Is it is this is this a Dallas spot, Kyle? This is a Dallas bounce back. I like the. I mean, well, I hate the Lions, but everybody loves them. Whatever. I'm glad to see them doing good because I've never seen it in my lifetime, and neither is probably a lot of our listeners. But the Cowboys' defense, people are starting to come back. Micah Parsons is healthy. Dak. Prescott's been doing, you know, last game was shaky, but I mean, he's been doing the thing, still MVP talk. Man, they got too many weapons at home. Brought that up. Heavy on if you're if you're in Texas or even a remote state around Texas, you're going to that game. Cuz this is the best the Cowboys have done in a while. This is the best the Lions have done in a while. Huge game. The Cowboys really need this game. I mean, <laughs> I'm taking the Cowboys, dude. I got one stat for you, Mike. When the Lions have a fully healthy offensive line, all their starters are starting. They're six and zero. Taylor Decker is, is is listed as questionable. If Taylor Decker plays, Lions Lions cover the six. If Taylor Decker doesn't play and they have to reshuffle that line, give me Dallas. Just like that. Yep. You're putting it all on Taylor Decker's hands. 
I am. That O line is a non negotiable. Non negotiable. They're six and zero with a fully healthy line. They're five and four with one or more members of that O line out. That's that's the difference in my mind. All right, take us to the next game, Kyle. Game number two, we go to Sunday. NFC South implications. The Saints take on the Bucks. Both both these teams fighting for their NFC South lives. In Tampa Bay. In Tampa. The spread is Bucks minus two and a half. Baker Mayfield, he's been cooking lately. Oh, he is bacon, ba- buddy. Bacon, as some would say. Mike. Baker, keep this thing rolling and get the Bucks one step closer to an, an NFC title, NFC South title. Oh, they're they're staying cooking. I need them to beat the Saints. Um, yeah, they're taking it. It's just not happening. Buccaneers. Baker has been outstanding these last couple games. I mean, perfect rating in Lambeau. Um. Last week wasn't any, you know, I think Mike Evans had like two touchdowns or something or one or whatever. I mean, he's been going off really accurate. Him and Mike Evans have such a good, you know, passing relationship going on. They've been getting the tight ends involved. Like, uh, I I don't see it's not how it's not going to happen. I think Bucks are going to beat them by at least a touchdown. Saints are too shaky. Derek Carr, nobody knows. People have already been saying how they want Derek Carr out already. I think it's it's – Pretty simple pick. Take take the box. Mike, game of the week. And I'm not sure how this is a one o'clock kickoff, but it is. Miami rolls into Baltimore to take on the Ravens, two of the hottest teams in the AFC. One and two in the AFC. Ravens are a three and a half point favorite over Miami. Is the Ravens defense a little too much for Miami to handle, or do you think Baltimore's yet to see an offense like Miami's? Dolphins are going to humble them. Dolphins are going to win. Tyreek Hill last week was still a little eh. Jim, or Waddle got hurt. Um, You're going to see them rolling in, man. Moster, they got too much speed. You get Tyreek Hill going. He's going to have 100 yards by the end of the third. I'm taking him. They're Miami Dolphins all day. If what you say, I, if, if what you say, say, if, what you just said happens, and I will have to change my stance on the Ravens and the AFC. But give me Baltimore. I don't see how I don't see them giving up home turf to the Dolphins. Baltimore just that that performance last week against the 49ers really kind of solidified my stance on how good they are. So I, I'm hoping I'm rooting for Miami, but I'm thinking it's gonna be Baltimore. Last game of the week. And, Mike, I know this is a game that is near and dear to your heart. I was hoping you picked this one. This, but you better be the one I'm thinking of. This is, yes, it is a wild card matchup. Both these teams fighting for their playoff lives. The Packers roll into Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Vikings favored by two. Mike, I know your heart says you want the Packers to win, but do you actually think the Packers are going to win this game? Jair, well, I want to let you know. Jair Alexander suspended today by the Packers. Yes, so I wanted to touch on that a little bit. That's what I was about to say. We're going to talk about this one for a second. Before you get my answer, Kyle, I want to know what your thoughts are, quick, on 
Alexander getting suspended for his shenanigans during the coin toss and him saying defense and almost losing the defer um, and him kind of doing that. And it was some stuff about like he went to school in Charlotte and Coach LaFour didn't know and probably and didn't care. So he did this. Is And then, you know, that's our best corner, and we have Justin Jefferson on the other side of the ball here. Granted, we haven't had him all year so far, but was that a bonehead thing to do? It was. It's lack, lack of discipline. That's putting yourself before the team. So Was it right on the team to get rid or to suspend him? Yes, it was. Matt wow. LaFleur, I think it was Matt LaFleur making a point saying, hey, there's not one guy that is bigger than this team. And, you know, they might have felt fallen victim to that during the Aaron Rodgers era. And this is LaFleur saying, no more. This is my team and we're doing things my way. And if you put personal agendas first, you're, you're, it's going to cost you. And it costs Jair Alexander. So I think it's a good message. I think if you're a Packers fan, you should appreciate that. The coach, you know, putting his line, drawing a line in the sand. That being said, I'm taking the Packers, that's why. Because Nick Mullins ain't connecting with shit. Yeah, Nick Mullins, he put up over 400 yards last week against the Lions, but I'll tell you. We're going to watch him? You're not going to win many games throwing four picks at the same time. No, the Lions, I, I promise you, the Packers, Matt LaFleur is staying up every single night. He stayed up all night Christmas. He's staying all night, you know, the day after and today and everything else. He is watching film, Lions-Vikings film, all day on how Nick Mullins is getting the ball out. He's going to allocate people where we need them. This is me having high hopes, Kyle, by the way. Um, it was clear to see our backfield. Okay. Hey, we haven't had Aaron Jones a lot, but look at what he does. Over 100 rushing yards on the ground. Get him the damn ball. A.J. Dillon's back. We're getting Christian Watson back. We're getting uh, Jaden Reed back. I think we have a lot of weapons. As long as Jordan Love can stay, you know, keep his composure, we're going to beat out Nick Mullins. The Vikings have a good secondary, but also, what's their main guy that's older than dirt? Harrison? Yeah. I mean – I think we can find some holes with all these random wide receivers that we have that have been showing up like Dontavian Wicks. Who would have thought? He's doing great. And it's kind of seeing them all come out doing great. So there, I haven't had any problems with the wide receiver core, tight end core. It's just as long as Jordan Love can keep going and they, they keep their mind in the game on, hey, we need to run the ball. Hey, if we're down a little bit, we don't just need to go throw a thousand bombs down the field. We can take the Vikings out, and it's sure it's just because Nick Mullins is there. This is a tough one, Mike. You're like, damn, he brought up some good points. Well, but... well, I I know that you're your head writer for the Packers website, so I got to take keep that in mind. Mike, they barely beat the Panthers last week. They let the Panthers hang around. They Fire got, Joe. They got cooked by the Panthers and Baker. And then they lost to Tommy DeVito in the Giants. Not ba- What's that, but, Mike? Yeah. Not Baker. You said Panthers and Baker. 
Yeah, Panthers said, and uh, yeah, I said they barely beat the ba oh, barely yeah. beat the Panthers. Yeah, Baker lit you guys up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy DeVito lit you guys up. Kyle hit hit me. I think <sighs> Kyle. I think it's gonna be the Vikings, Mike. I think the Vikings get it this week. I do think the Packers beat the Bears next week and keep things interesting. But I just Well, we need to win out. That is it. Like we need the Saints to lose. We need or the Rams to lose, and we need to win out to make it to the playoffs. That's all there is. Give me the Vikings. You're a piece of shit, Kyle. And on that Happy bombshell. That ends another week of the post-victory formation podcast. Next week, Mike, you either be very happy or very disappointed. What yeah, you be? may be doing this one alone. Yeah, what will it be? Well, you guys will just have to tune in next week to find out. So with that being said, thanks for listening. Give us a like and follow on all our socials. Make sure that you share this pod with your friends, family, and coworkers. And maybe even people you don't care about, still share it with them. So that being said, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.